When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome to this fun episode of uh, TFL Talk. Uh, today we are talking about what, Tommy? We are talking about cars that have died in 2020. Yep, the top 10 cars that COVID killed. Uh, maybe not directly, but certainly indirectly. And get this, Tommy, we have a new YouTube channel. We do. Yeah, if you want to actually see the cars that we're talking about, let's say you're listening to this as the podcast you know, over at Apple or Spotify or somewhere, you can actually go over to our YouTube channel now, TFL Talk. And actually watch this podcast where you're going to be actually showing them the cars that we're talking about. So um, these are the uh, top 10 cars that are recently deceased. Sit back and relax or keep driving if you're driving. TFL Talking Cars is on the air. The world's most popular car podcast. Okay, maybe not yet, but we're working on it. Let's start with number 10, Tommy. Number 10 is the Alfa Romeo 4C Spider. Now, Alfa Romeo killed the hardtop version of this car a little while ago. But this is the two-door mid-engine sports car, and the Spider is now dead as well. So basically, they, they killed the coupe, leaving the Spider to truck on as the uh, the 4C flag bearer, and now the the Spider is dead as well. Do you know how many sold this year? Yes, there have been 71 sold this year. And keep in mind, we are recording this in August, so it is not <laughs> not a huge seller. Yeah, like 10 a month, man. <laughs> yeah, now the 4C starts at about $67,150. It's a very bespoke car, though, right? Because <laughs> you're certainly not going to see a lot of them on the road. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Alfa Romeo asked a question that apparently nobody else had asked, which is, uh, who wants a Mazda Miata competitor for three times the price? Well, yeah, that you're exactly right. I mean, it was a cool car turbocharged but a four-cylinder not not the quickest car for the buck not the best looking car for the buck certainly not the most spacious vehicle um, yeah, it, it had i got to drive it a few times it had a couple problems um first there's no glove box which is awkward uh, no cup holders as i recall at least nothing that i could use for any kind of american cup um no trunk and uh yeah the uh, convertible had this funky roll-up roof uh, which, you know, is also kind of weird. But uh, the car oozed sex appeal. Uh, it's just a really curvaceous, sexy Alfa Romeo. You know, it was a forbidden fruit for a long time. They had it in Europe. We didn't have it here in America. Then we got it in America, and then everybody just yawned and moved on to the next car they can't have. I'm not so sure it's that good looking. I think the rear is really cool, but the front is a little bit toad-like, if I'm being honest. It's, uh, I mean, maybe maybe you'll disagree with me in the comment section below, but it's definitely... Uh, it's an Alfa Romeo, the storied Italian brand that directly led to Ferrari, right? You know, uh, Enzo Ferrari used to work at Alfa Romeo before he started Ferrari. 
That's great, but look at that head unit. It, do, it doesn't even have an infotainment screen for $70,000. Once again, it's a pure sports car All right. that just oozes ciao bella, if that's the kind of uh, remark I could make, uh, because that's really what it's all about. Now, the one thing I will say about this car is it's got the classic ingredients for a collector car. You know why that is? Because they don't sell any of them? Yeah, because they didn't build a lot of them, <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, they're Alfa Romeos. Uh, they're very expensive, uh, and not a lot of them are made or sold. So if you guys have them or if you want to get one, grab one and hold on to it for the next 20 or 30 years. I promise you this thing is going to go up in value. Uh, as a performance car, I drove it um, actually on an autocross. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's fun. You know, uh, it's it's everything you want a sports car to be. It's loud. It's uh, in a way obnoxious because uh, it's not comfortable. Uh, it's... Uh, you know, raw, in-your-face, old-school motoring. Uh, maybe here in America, we want uh, big old SUVs and crossovers um, that are tall and you don't feel like you're going to get uh, run over by, you know, the nearest semi-truck, which, you know, this thing you sit about a pregnant ant's height away from the floor. So some interesting specs about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's like a 1.8-liter turbocharged 4, yeah. 237 horsepower, 258 pound-feet of torque, uh, Alfa Romeo says 0 to 60 in 4.1 seconds. It's super light. Yeah, because it's all carbon fiber. I remember that. That was really cool. You know, I think it. the more I look at it, the, the, the cooler it is. I just, I'm thinking if I have $67,000 to spend on a uh, on such a... A sports car? Yeah, you, a sports car. You get three car. Miatas? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this car is such a dedicated you know, performance car. It would be hard just to take it to the store. Dual-clutch automatic transmission. Uh, I like how they have a separate section here on the website for turbocharger. As if that is such a new concept. <laughs> you know, there's nothing close to it really outside of it, like an outside of like a Lotus, right? I mean, there's nothing really. Yeah, uh, the Elise was yeah. exactly like this. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. nothing that even comes close to what this car is. Uh, I, I mean, I'm joking about the Miata, right? But the Miata uh, is uh, a Rolls Royce compared to this thing. I mean, it you know it actually has like an. An RF has a hardtop convertible. This thing, oh, my God. All right, well, I think we've uh, uh, moved enough of the remaining <laughs> Alfa Romeo 4 Sea Spiders, hopefully, uh, <laughs> out the dealership floor. Let's go to number nine. Yeah, number nine is the Honda Civic Coupe and the current generation SI. So, Oh, tell me no. Yeah, don't, it, don't make it so. Honda is killing off the two-door coupe model of the Civic yeah. for this generation. It's worth noting this generation is getting a little old, but um, they're going to keep going with this model. But they are killing the coupe and the current generation Civic SI. Dude, that's crazy. There's a Civic SI sitting outside of our offices. They just gave it to us for a long-term loaner, and now they're getting rid of it? Well, they just picked it up. Okay, well, there was one sitting... <laughs> 24 hours ago <laughs> outside our offices. Um, I'm bummed, dude, because uh, I actually had uh, a CRX SI. Uh, the SIs have always been, you know, the performance variants of any of the uh, Hondas. Uh, and I think the reason it actually went away, at least temporarily, right, uh, is because of the Type R. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing because the current Civic lineup is just so... Vary. There are so many options, and one of the best options is the Civic Sport, which has a little turbocharged engine. You can have it with manual transmission. Super fun car, but it's just too close to an SI for less money. And then the SI is just not a big enough performance step above the standard Civic. Yeah, so if you wanted the sporty Civic, you could get the little turbo, 1.5 liter, right? 
with the manual, or if you wanted the Uber conquering Civic, which once again, forbidden fruit, we couldn't have for a long time. You go get yourself the Type R, and maybe uh, since the um, kind of the, the spotlight is now on the Type R, no longer on the SI, uh, the SI uh, went uh, bye bye. The other thing that's sad about it, it only came, I believe, in a stick shift, right? I mean, that's a good and a bad thing. As an enthusiast, you're well, like, yes, save the manual. But it's it's a hard thing to sell in the U.S., I think, as Dodge figured out with the Viper. Now, it, we have we have done a bunch of reviews of the Civic Si. Zach just drove it to Atlanta and back for a long road trip. Right. Uh, and for the most part, uh, it was, uh, you know, it was a good vehicle. There was a little bit of what uh, we affectionately call rev hang. You want to tell them about that? Basically, when you go to change gear, yeah. you know, you slam your foot on that clutch pedal and then and the revs just stay at whatever you left them at, 4,000 for an uncomfortably long time before they start to decay, which means it's hard to shift quickly because if you're going from second to third, you know, you're at 5,000 RPM in second, you go to third and then you uh, let off the clutch and all of a sudden, you know, it starts to jerk because the engine revs don't decay quick enough. That, that, that's always been a, a common complaint about this current generation Civic. Now let's talk about the coupe, which is also dying. Uh, I'm not surprised. Great-looking car, really uh, a lot of value here, but... No headroom. No headroom in the rear, exactly. Not, not a ton in the front, if we're being honest. And just like the Accord Coupe, you know, it's going away. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I mean, maybe there's just not a business case for it. Look, uh, the next one on our list, uh, I think, is also a reason why these are going away. A lot of the manufacturers are just trimming down the uh, huge amount of variation in their car lineup, right? It's getting a little too complicated. I remember once upon a time, we did the math, uh, like Porsche, not Porsche, BMW had like like 10 cars, and now they've got like 25 or maybe even more mm. variants. And I think the same thing happened with the Civic. The Civic is just its own sub-brand almost, right? There's so many variations of it uh, that maybe, you know, what once was just a really fun and friendly and user-friendly um, let's call it economy car, which is what it was, right, right. Uh, has now become this, this whole line of cars themselves. And let's, let's kind of com- compare it to Tesla because Tesla does that, right? Tesla does a really good job in keeping your choices down. And sometimes less choice makes for less stress. I mean, I think Tesla doesn't do enough in terms of their options. I, I'm not, I don't want to talk about Tesla, but I'm just comparing, right? I mean, with Tesla, you get like six colors and two interiors. Yeah, but that's a bummer. Because they're all the same. I like that there's so many variations of Civic. I just think maybe there were, in this case, too many. So I moved to the Czech Republic when it went from communist to capitalist. And, you know, I went to the grocery store. And if you wanted um, milk, right, you were lucky to get milk. Yeah. It was just milk. And it was was this, like, warm milk um, that was pasteurized and wasn't even refrigerated. But that was the only milk. So, So your choice was pretty straightforward. Right here's the milk. You come, you go to the store here, right? And there are how many different kinds of milks, not including the non-dairy ones, right? Almond milk, soy milk, and it just you look at you look at that milk display, and you just stand there with your mouth open, completely like, uh, okay, I just want milk. Well, let's go back to that example. Okay, you go back to the Czech Republic and communism. Yeah. you've got basically one car you can choose from the Trabant. It was horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, you can buy your Trabant in puke green or faded blue. Those are you have to wait ten years. Yeah, exactly. But so look, these these are like two extremes. So maybe there's a happy medium, right? And and I'm saying Tesla might be the happy medium where you get two interiors and like six colors and two different performance options. No, that's a disappointment. Okay. I want more options. Well, maybe well, it's I like being a little unique. I don't like driving the same thing as your neighbor. 
and certainly. So, so, so let's say that you have a coupe and and your neighbor has, uh, let's call it the hatchback, right? Yeah. You think that's that different? Like you're super unique because you've got the coupe. If you the had, two-door? if you had the hatchback sports, and then your neighbor just had an LX or an and, EX and or an EXL, has an SI, and then the guy across the street. Yeah, I mean, it's the only one who's really unique is a Type R. Let's face it. Yeah, but I, I like having the variation in the options. And you know who's really unique? What the guy with the uh, Alfa Romeo? That's the guy yeah, <laughs> in the world unique. of Civics. That's a dude who's going to stand out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you won't see that one driving down the road <laughs> ever again. All right. Uh, I think we beat that elephant to death. How about number eight, Tommy? Number eight is the Mercedes-Benz SLC. Uh, it's a car. <laughs> it's a car you probably, yeah, you probably don't know about because they simply don't sell a lot of them. But the SLC is a replacement to the SLK, right. which was the more affordable two-door, two-door convertible. Remember when that thing came out? It came out in this color called paprika. That was no. That was uh, the. Um, that was a little C-class uh, hatchback. Yeah. That was the one that my grandma was bought. Yeah. I don't know if the SLK had the, uh, the, 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 the paprika The paprika color. color? So the SLC... Um, Basically came out during like the heyday of German roadsters, right? At that same time, you could get the Z3 from BMW. You get the Audi TT, right? There was this like almost like an arms race among the Germans to build uh, the coolest uh, roadster. And, of course, Mercedes also does the SL, right, which is the car that goes all the way back to... The Pagoda, and even before that, the... Uh, um, the Gullwings. Yeah, the Gullwings. And so this has always been the little brother of that. Yeah, and here in the U.S., the base engine was a 2-liter inline-four, started about $50,000. Uh, like you said, it's it's got caught up in that same trend where Americans just aren't buying sports cars or sedans anymore. Yeah, I've actually been looking at the, uh, at the first uh, generation of the car. They're really affordable now. They're like, uh, you can get them for like under ten k all day long. Uh, and they're pretty cool. The problem with all these cars, Z3, uh, even the SLC now, uh, the TT, uh, they got initially a reputation of being, this is, I don't like being stereotypical, but this is a reputation, so I'm just stating a fact, the hairdresser car, right? Yeah. Like, and I think what people meant by that uh, back in the day was a, a vehicle that's a sporty car but a poser car, right? So it doesn't uh, doesn't quite live up to the, the, the true sports car uh uh, austerity of an Alfa Romeo 4C uh, or the coolness of the SL. So it, it's kind of in this no man's land. You know what the big issue with the first generation SL is? What? It looks like Dilbert sucking a lemon. So the it's, SL, it, not the SL. No, you know what the big issue with the first generation SLK was? There you go, yeah. It looks like Dilbert sucking a lemon. So you've okay. got these two big eyes yeah. and then you've got like this awkward kind of grill that, that's kind of ovally. It's just not a very good looking car. The the SLC Roadster, on the other hand, is a much better looking car. But yeah, it's just it was a lot of money for the performance. It wasn't quite as fun as like the Boxster. It wasn't quite as usable as the TT. And now it is going away. There is a final edition uh, for the uh, uh, 2019 SLC, mm-hmm. but it was already on the chopping block. And you know, some could you, you might be able to say that COVID definitely yeah, made wants, sure there wouldn't be another jet. Who wants to drive a Roadster when there's COVID flying around? <laughs> right? What you want is that Tesla with uh, the biodefense mode with that huge HEPA filter. Uh, I think I'd be comfortable driving around in my sporty Mercedes convertible there, Dad. All right. Number seven on our list is a car that keeps coming and going, right? Yeah, it's a Lincoln Continental. And look. Look what we have behind here. That is a Lincoln Continental Mark V hood. Yeah. And yeah. the Continental, believe it or not, died. And then it's back, and then it died again um, when it was reintroduced for 2020. 
So let's talk about the latest generation Continental. The old ones were land yachts. They were meant to compete with Cadillac and, uh, you know, with the best of the best. It went away for a couple of decades, and then it came back as a four-door sedan, probably unsurprisingly. What did you think of the Lincoln Continental? Uh, the, the, well, the first one, right, I'm going I'm to use a reference you probably don't remember, uh, Entourage, which is an HBO series. That one, and I forget what year that was, like a 60s, Lincoln Continental with Suicide Door was like off the scale cool. Um, that was just a badass car. And then, of course, ours, right, the 70s generation, just got kind of, uh, well, American fat and lazy in some ways. And then it got super sporty. Do you remember? Yeah. It was kind of based off like the T-Bird, and yeah. then it got its own bespoke platform, and they had big V8s, and they got cool. And then, like, I think, what, 90s? With like the in the Mark Seven and Eight, they were like, okay, this is the end of it. Yeah, and then the current one, that the one that just killed off, unfortunately, in my mind, was too small. It had some unique features. So, as I recall, it had its own engine power plant, right? The three-liter uh, EcoBoost, uh, which was, uh, you know, there was a two-seven in the F one fifty and a three-point-five in the F one fifty, and then it had this three-liter EcoBoost. Uh, it was also too small, Tommy. Hmm. I was talking to a guy who drove. Um, Limousines for a living, a livery guy, right? Yep. Uh, and he just hated the size of the thing. He said, people want to stretch out in the back and you can't do it. Uh, he said, if, if uh, they wanted to get a Ford for their uh, limousine, they'd get the Navigator, which is basically, you know, a much bigger version of it. And it had this funky seat that, like, reclined, like, 800 different ways, right? Which you can still get. It's still in the Navigator. So, it, like, it was almost like an origami, um, uh, I would say, experiment because you could fold that that seat in the middle of the back, at the top of the back, at the lower part of the back. The side bolsters would move. It was incredible. Uh, and usually when a new car comes out, I always look for something that you can write a headline about, and yeah. that was the headline. And then, of course, uh, they did do the Suicide Door one as a, as a kind of a uh, show car, and then they actually sold it. But they did a few of those. That wasn't a mass-produced... Right, it was I mean, a show car. Then, yeah, yeah. but like it sold out like that though. Thirty it was like of them, 300, sixty I think. of them. Was it that many? I, think it was three, I don't know. I thought it know. was under hundred. The, the other thing I'm going to say is Ford has killed off all their cars, right? Well, sure. Yeah, and uh, except for the Mustang, the the Continental was based on here. I've got the Wikipedia page here. Yeah. The CD4 platform, which if you poke around Wikipedia, you'll quickly find out is the same platform that is. What the Fusion is based on. Yeah, it was like a stretch Fusion. Yeah, it was like a stretch Fusion. And the issue is is the Continental nameplate is kind of like the premier Lincoln nameplate. When they brought it back, everybody expected it to be absolutely amazing. And it it was a good car, but it just it wasn't amazing. It it, you know what it should have been? What? A shrunk F-250. They should have known that. Yikes. If a, if a Continental isn't as big as a motorhome, dude, it's not a Continental. I mean, it had cool door handles. The door handles were cool. And it, it had a nice heads-up display. It was just too small. It didn't have enough road presence. It, just, right? it was too expensive for what it was, and it wasn't... Look, a Continental's got to roll into, like, the red carpet awards, right, and scream, look at me, whoever is in here is definitely the, the Oscar winner, and not kind of meekly, kind of slowly roll in and look like, you know, you just rented something for the weekend. And that's the problem with the Continental. It was just... It just wasn't big enough, bold enough, fancy enough. And Ford has said they're killing off all their cars... So it makes sense for it to go away. And speaking of killing off all their cars, they killed off number six. Yeah, the Ford Fusion and Lincoln MKZ. Now, the MKZ really was basically a, uh, a rebadged Fusion. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, um, <laughs> you know, I did like the, uh, the Fusion a lot, especially the, the, the sporty trims. They were really fun. Uh, you could get them in all-wheel drive, which was cool. Just an overall uh, stylish 
stylish car. I, I, there's nothing I can I can really say bad about the the last Fusion, other than I'm sad that it's uh, it's not coming back. You know, the uh, Fusion and the MKZ, to my mind, are going to be like asterisks in a Wikipedia entry. Um, they just uh, once again weren't interesting or unique or fun enough. Uh, the Fusion, if in fact, had something going for it that I don't think the MKZ had, and that was it was a relatively good-looking car. It looked like an Aston Martin in some ways, if you recall. Yep. I remember seeing yeah, it, it was good. when it first rolled out when Ford still invited us to things, uh, and I was like, holy cow, that is a good-looking car. But once again, uh, we were at the Chicago Auto Show, Tommy. It was me, Andre, Nathan, uh, and Ian, our videographer, and there was a snowstorm coming in, so we rented a car to drive home. Right, it's uh, like a fourteen-hour drive, a thousand miles from Chicago to Denver, and they gave us a Fusion. And you know what we figured out about the Fusion? <laughs> what? It was way too freaking small for four big guys. Well, I mean, it was a mid-sized sedan. Would you have been any more comfortable in a Camry? Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. It was actually small on the mid-sized sedan scale. It was really tight. Uh, now, rumor has it um, that the Zephyr name will come back. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there might be a uh, like like a new Lincoln sedan, um, maybe even better than the Continental yeah, and the MKZ. Yeah, because Ford has actually uh, actually well, Ford Lincoln they're synonymous uh, has gone back to using real names. Thank God, right? We yep. have we have the Corsair, which is a cool name. Uh, we have the Navigator. We have these now the Zephyr. Hopefully, right? We have actually real names and not three-letter alphanumeric combinations. Uh, and I think that uh, Ford, especially with Lincoln, is on the right track right now. So, uh, yeah, the, the Navigator is just a, an incredible vehicle. Uh, and uh, good riddance uh, to both the Fusion and the MKZ. Uh, I have, have to say that the Ford Fusion Hybrid was okay. It wasn't bad. It actually got good fuel economy. Oh, I'm trying to remember. What was the fast one? Do you remember the really Yeah, there was a, uh, it was a Sport. The Fusion was it the sport. Fusion Sport? sport. Yeah, was that, that had, the one? I thought it had like quad exhaust maybe. Yeah, that had the, I think it had the six-cylinder. I remember doing a quick story on it. It was the one that everybody lost it after for about ten minutes before they figured out that it wasn't all that fast. It was fast. Eh. It was heck super fast. It, didn't, it, just, it just, they put a big engine, a bigger engine, right? It was like the muscle, I mean, it, it was basically it was a muscle no, car, it, right? It was no Hellcat. Yeah, but it Let's was a, that way. it was a family sedan with a a couple of turbo yeah, straps. Yeah, to it. so is a, so a Charger Hellcat. Yeah, for sure. But the Charger Hellcat that is rear wheel drive is not going to work in Colorado for nine months well, out of the year. Oh, uh, the other, the other so thing three months out of the, the year. Ford Fusion had was it could get, it could come in all wheel drive. So it was actually I think one of at that time only two cars in the mid size sedan segment that could be had in all wheel drive. The other one, of course, being what. The Come Legacy. On. Exactly. Very good. The Subaru Legacy. That was the only other midsize sedan. Out of like 13 that could come in all-wheel drive. Now, of course, the Camry comes in all-wheel drive. Yeah, and so does the Ultima. And yeah, it's become a thing. Yep. All right, should we go into number five? Yeah, number five is a car I'm very sad to see go because I'm a big fan of small, compact cars, and this is one of the best. Yeah, it's the Honda Fit. So the Honda Fit is... is very well, Honda. Yeah, it's going away. Sales have kind of tanked on the poor little Fit. And uh, there's no new generation coming, as far as I know. So uh, if you want your fit, better buy one now, because this may be one of the last uh, fits you're going to be able to buy here in the U.S. So your grandma has a first-generation fit, you know, the the sport fit with the with the big kind of air dam and that kind of really cool coppery orange color. Mm-hmm. That's a really cool car. 
Yeah, the first was really cool. Great car. It's called the Jazz, by the way. Right, live in, abroad. in Europe, yeah, of course. A- and then um, the first Fit died, and it was replaced by the second Fit, which was kind of a blob. And then the newest Fit is actually really good. So they went back to kind of the, the sporty driving dynamics. Super fun car to drive. It's, it's got all sorts of space-saving features, like the seats that will uh, fold back. Yeah, so you can put a bike in there. Yeah, oh, it just is a really thoughtful car um, pretty efficient six-speed manual transmission available so it's it can be really fun to drive as well i love the little fit but but you know what the next two th- next three cars on this list have the same problem right uh, and that is they are so freaking boring they're not boring oh my god the fit is not boring oh they're just like like the first fit sport that your grandpa had with has actually still with the lowered fascia was cool it was fun it actually had uh paddle shifters right remember it had paddle yeah, shifters the new she one, never uses them the course. new one has paddle shifters right that you can still go out and buy uh, but no, it needs it needs sport. like 200 horsepower it needs to be slammed Look, i have a, a big old carbon fiber spoiler maybe those little like teeth that they put on the evo but either do that or lift it right and make it into a badass off-roader I'm going to blow your bubble right now. Right. You can still buy a Fit Sport yeah. with the body kit in orange. You can still buy your exact car. With like 98 horsepower. Yeah, hers has like 97. Yeah. What's, what's your because, point? Because hers, okay, I haven't driven this latest Fit. I've driven the, the, the last two generations. Hers is actually fun to drive. Oh, this one's be- way better. I it's disagree. It's more fun The last to drive. generation was just a No, snooze. last generation was, was, was not fun. But the current generation, super fun to drive. Mm. Quirky colors. You can got, get reds and blues and oranges. Yeah, I love the fit. And the look, next car is just as fun. Look, dude, I think I think people want cars with character. Look at the Bronco Sport. It's off the off the scale. People just want vehicles that are expression of who they want are, and they don't want bland and boring cars like this next one with a horrible name. What's wrong with Yaris? Y- Yaris. It's like yard or yarn. Let's go sow some yarn in the yard uh, and then drive a Yaris. I it's, mean, it's been fine good. for oh 15 God. years. Nobody cares you, about the name. You know what it should be called? What? Tiger Shrimp. This is such a cool-looking car. Tiger Shrimp. Now, that's a cool name. The Toyota Tiger Shrimp. You are terrible the at TTS. names, The TTS. Look at that. The Toyota Tiger Shrimp. I think Audi's going to have issues with you calling it the TTS. What? Audi? Toyota? No, but Audi. Oh, Audi. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, the, they wish it was a TTS. The, the current Yaris is a really cool car. I think it looks great. You, it's basically a Mazda 2 underneath. You yeah. get it in both sedan and hatchbacks forms. I don't know how you think this is boring. It's fun to drive. It's pretty zippy. It's very affordable. It's incredibly reliable. What is wrong with the Yaris? And what's wrong with the Yaris is nobody's buying small cars or cars at all. That's what's wrong with the Yaris. But as a no, car... People, people are buying Jeep Renegades. Because That's it's not cool. a car. Renegade is cool. It's fun. It's unique. It's different. Yeah, sure, it's not a Wrangler. But nevertheless, it has a lot of character, dude. Really. I would argue that the Yaris... People are buying Polaris slingshots, which are these you know, three-wheeled Batmobile things that cost as much as these three cars we're about to discuss, and yet they're buying them because they're, they make a statement, right? Yes, but that no one's crushing a Yaris with a slingshot. So someone with the Yaris has kids and needs a reliable car to no, get to work. someone with the Yaris is, is a college grad who has no money. Yeah. That's not a, that's I not a family-friendly I love car. the Yaris. It's really? got a manual transmission. It's super fun to drive. The Mazda 2 is brilliant. I'm sad they don't you know, rebrand it as a Mazda 2 here anymore. Great. Look, $15,650 manual transmission in red. Zippy little engine. Look, what I, else do you need? I love, like, hot hatches. And, you know, if it were me, the one that I buy... What? The, 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 the Volkswagen Up GTI. 
Yeah, that's not sold here. Right. But why not? Why, why is Volkswagen You think a Lincoln Continental is too small and yet the Volkswagen yeah, up yeah, because they're, Yeah, because they're different categories. For the category that the Lincoln in, is too small, uh, for this category, an up GTI would be it's badass. It's smaller I, than the Yaris. Look, I used to have a CRX. I love tiny little cars. So you'd like the Yaris. You know which actually I like better than the Yaris? What? What was that three-seater Toyota called? That was unique and fun. The uh, IA. The Scion. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? That, yeah, that I think it was IA, wasn't it? No, it wasn't the IA. I think it no, was. No, it was not the IA. That's a four-seater. Oh, that was a four-seater. That was a rebranded um, Mazda. What was the tiny thing called? Uh, it was called something with S, wasn't it? Uh, IQ. Yeah. No, was it IQ? IQ, yeah. Okay. All right, something with that. That was a terrible car. Talk about a little garbage disposal. <laughs> you know, I actually enjoyed reviewing that and driving it because it was different, and I think it was it's in, in its own way cool. Yeah, it's different in the same way that, you know. Not the Aston Martin version of it. No, I know. It's different in the same way buying a pet alligator is different. Like, yes, it's, it's interesting, <laughs> but it's not exactly great. No, I love the R's. And the next car hey, list. You're at some bar somewhere, and you walk up to a young lady, right? Yep. And, and she asks you what pet you have, and you say, I've got a, uh, let's say, a toy poodle, right? She turns around and walks away. You say, I've got a pet alligator? She's going she's gonna to want to know more. And then the next day, she'd be on the news because that's <laughs> what people with pet alligators end up doing to people they pick up at I'm bars. It's got character. So the next vehicle on our list, also in the same similar class, is the Chevrolet Sonic. Yeah. Another brilliant car, super fun to drive. Do you remember the turbocharged engine? I love the Sonic that? that was like slammed by GM and that was like hot rodded. I thought that was so badass and cool. Uh, but yet the Sonic uh, itself is just another boring uh, economy It's got car. a 1.4 liter turbo. It's literally your up. It's a better, bigger, more usable up, basically, I, that I, you can I, buy in the I U.S. I think the, you, the Volkswagen fans out there uh, would highly disagree with that, Tommy. Uh you know, characterizing the Chevy Sonic as an up, uh, but go for it. Well, I mean, I'm not saying it's better than an up. I don't think it is. But the old one is available with the manual transmission. Super fun to drive. You can still buy the RS trim in some pretty interesting colors: bright oranges, bright uh, blues. It's a. I mean, it's not a great look, car, that, that but was, it's, that was a car okay. that was just left on the vine, right? They didn't improve yeah, it. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it just it just kind of lingered, and it became kind of the car that when you go to the Chevy dealership and you don't have a boatload of cash and you have to take out a big loan, mm-hmm. right? That that the dealer could get you into. It wasn't the car that people would be like, "Oh man, I want to go to the Chevy dealership and buy a Sonic." Unfortunately, well, so people like you basically then. I've killed the hatchback, the small hatchback. I love hatchbacks. In the US. You said you would rather have a Renegade than a Yaris. I would because there's no cool hatchbacks right now. The, the, all the, three the of these have really cool. They get a Peugeot. They get all these really cool badass hatchbacks. All three of these are better cars. Hot than, hatches. They get all these cool. We don't get all three of these cars. All right, all right, let me ask you this: What? What? Forget these three. Put everything on the table. What if you had to go get a small economy hatch? What would you get? Yeah, a Yaris or a Fit. Really. Because, like I was saying, all three of these cars are better to drive every day than your Renegade. The Renegade is fine, but it's not great to drive. It's got a super buzzy and coarse engine. You drove it in Florida. You didn't like it in Florida very much when we had it as yeah, a tester. They're, they're, they're much better to drive until it snows or rains. Yeah, I agree. In the snow <laughs> or the rain, yeah, these are not useful. But if I live someplace where it didn't snow or rain... I would much rather have that? one of these snow or rain. Yeah. Well, okay, who needs United all-wheel Arab drive Emirates in the rain? <laughs> Just don't go in the sand. How bad are you driving in the rain where you need <laughs> all-wheel drive? A, 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 a Renegade doesn't really compete with these, right? No, of course I, not. I mean, it's, but, that competes okay, with like let's a, take like a, like a, a Crosstrek XP. What's a lifted Yaris, basically? The CHR. 
Oh my god. The yes. RS is better than the CHR. It looks better than the CHR. It's cheaper than the CHR. Same thing with the Fit. I would rather have a Fit over an HRV. Okay. All right. All right. What's number two on our list? Number two is the Honda Clarity EV. Now, the Honda Clarity is a striking looking vehicle available in a bunch of different yeah. powertrain options. Yeah, it's was like, you know, you know, when I first saw it, I thought to myself, this is what. Uh, it would look like if Cadillac, I'm not Cadillac, if Buick designed a car in the 80s. Oh, what's a little harsh? I mean, it, it, it's not the best looking car. It looks like a doorstop, but I don't know if it looks <laughs> well, like some weird, of the stuff that it's got Buick these weird was side skirts, right? Yeah. It's just, it's, I have, when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, there is, there, you know, this car, because look, it comes in three flavors, right? And the one that's going away is the EV. Right, so right. there's the plug-in hybrid, the yeah. fuel cell, which is super cool. Yeah, which is cool. I love the fuel cell. I actually don't mind the plug-in hybrid. Uh, but the problem, of course, with the EV is that it has 89 miles of range and, and a $36,000 price tag. Which is which, just useless. Yeah, which would have been fine like back in 2010 when the Leaf was coming out with a 70-mile range, right? But, right. But now, and it, you know, I, 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 so I don't know what, what happened, what um, you know, Honda was thinking when they came out with a car, but I, I did drive all three of these. Uh, the fuel cell is the one I would definitely get. Uh, to be honest, as you can tell, I'm not in love with the styling, but then none of the uh, current hydrogen cars are exactly stunners, right? Right. They're all like, at, at prom, they'd be, you know, all the kids at the science experiment uh, desk, you know, doing the science work, not the kids, you know, doing the cheerleading at the base at the football game, right? These are these are kind of geeky looking cars, uh, and the styling kind of suggested. What they need is like this, like a really like like you know what they need, like an Alfa Romeo four C that that runs on hydrogen. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, the 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 clarity doesn't make a lot of sense, but the plug in hybrid is still a a pretty decent value. And then if you if you live in California, maybe you could do the, the fuel cell as well. Well, and it's also, I mean, you, you've got a picture up, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's also hard, and, and, and for me, to wrap my mind around the fact that the same company that does, for instance, right, the NSX uh, did the Clarity. Uh, it just it looks like two different, like not just companies and not just designers, uh, but, you know, completely different planets designed both those cars, and yet they're the same company. It's really weird. All right, should we go into number one? Do you disagree? No, I, I just I, I, I have nothing else interesting to say about the Clarity EV. All right, number one is a car I love that you hate. Actually, there are two cars. I don't, I don't hate it. I think, I think one of them is really cool. All right, you think that the uh, – which one you think is cool? You're going to say the Regal is cool. Yeah, it's the Regal and the Regal Tour X. Yeah, so, so I got a chance to drive um, – well, we had both, right? Uh, the Tour X, uh, I really fell in love with. It's basically a rebadged Opel, and of course, when uh, GM sold Opel to uh, PSA, what two years ago, three years ago now, uh, that was pretty much the death knell for rebadging Opels. So both these cars were going away because they're European design. But but the uh, Tour X was uh, actually not only a sexy looking European style, or is a sexy looking European style station wagon, uh, but it has a pretty clever all wheel drive system. One that actually uh, is able to have real torque vectoring. So there are two kinds of torque vectoring, as you know, right, Tommy? There's torque vectoring by braking, where, if, you know, you got two wheels and one is in loose gravel and the other one has traction. The way that you send the power via an open diff to the one that has traction is by braking the one that, that is, you know, loose, right? So you hit the brakes on one side, the power goes to the other side. This actually is 
able to send power to whichever wheel has traction, not by braking, but by actually allocating in a mechanical way power to that wheel, and that's a much better form of traction. GM still uses that system in a bunch of other cars, though. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's, it it's, works. It's the, the twin clutch all-wheel drive. They, I like the Touaregs a lot. My issue is, like, I wish they wouldn't have kind of tried to make it off-roady because it's in this weird segment now where it's not quite an off-roady right. crossover, it's, but it's not as sleek as it could be. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it's a European Autobahn cruiser when it was designed, right? Right. Like, for example, the Regal Sportback or, like, the Regal GS. Now, those are some sleek-looking cars, which I'll be sad to see go away. Now, Buick killed the larger lacrosse last year, which means that they have no cars right now. It's all crossovers. Yeah, and the GS, especially the Regal GS, was truly a great car. Really cool to look at. Really sporty to drive. Love the... uh, Really like the the GS. The Crosstor was cool too. I just wish they hadn't kind of made it so I, dinky. I would buy looking. both of those cars. Wait five years. Wait till they're under like ten k maybe, and then get get the Tourx and actually put some more aggressive tires on it. See if you can do a lift on it, and then take it off road, and then take the uh, Regal, um, and you know, uh, tune it right because they're, they're turbocharged. Yep. Uh, and you know, see how fast it is down uh, the drag strip. Both are really cool cars and. You know, these are cars that I, I think if, um, you know, we make it through all this COVID stuff 10 years from now or five years from now, we buy uh, and point back to and say, these are cars you should have bought when they were new. I don't really understand the Buick lineup. I actually have, I've never been to the Buick website, to be honest. So you have the Encore. I understand what that is. The Encore GX, which is based on the Trailblazer. Regal Tour X, you know what that is. Yep. Envision, I yep. think that's their Chinese-built crossover. Enclave. Then something called the Enclave Avenir, and then in the Avenir line, there's also the Regal Avenir. So I, I gotta I gotta brush up on my Buick homework. I feel like Buick has kind of been so, so flying under the radar recently. Well, so you know when GM cut a lot of their brands, people got really upset. Like when Pontiac went away, right? Right. Uh, Saab went away. Scion went away, right? Mm-hmm. No, not Scion. Um, what, what was it? What was the GM's version of Scion? GM's version of oh, Saturn. Saturn, sorry, yeah, Saturn went away. Uh, I, I was really sad to see some of those go, and, and then Buick stuck around. But the reason Buick stuck around was because uh, Buick has become, I guess, and you know, you, you could probably tell me more if you actually live there, uh, kind of a status symbol in China. And so Buick was like printing cash in China. People wanted Buicks, uh, and so GM kept Buick out of all those. Uh, and yet, it didn't really fit. I don't think that well into the, the needs of American consumers. Mm, yeah, I, I think you're right. And, maybe, and they try to make the best of it. They maybe they're to, still selling hotcakes in China. So maybe these cars will stick around in China, but maybe they're dying in the U.S. So I, don't, I don't know what the story is on that. Yeah, yeah. So maybe uh, we can get you know somebody from uh, GM to, to, shed, to shed some light on where Buick is going, even though I doubt that they're going to tell us much. And of course, as always, this being TFL, we'd like to do a bonus. And so what's the bonus, Tommy? The bonus is the Honda Accord. Now, of course, the Honda Accord isn't going anywhere because they sell so many hundreds of thousands of them every year. But the Accord manual is not coming back. Uh, so there will be no Accord manual in the 2021 model. That is very sad. It is very sad. It was maybe the only midsize sedan available with the manual, but it was... Uh, uh, maybe is a six available? Is the Mazda six available? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, the uh, the you know what? There's a we have a a story on tflcar.com. We just published it and updated it that tells you all the cars that are available with the manual. 
If you do a quick search, you could probably find that answer. Because we update that, and unfortunately, that list keeps getting shorter and shorter and shorter. But yeah, uh, you know, most midsize sedans do not come with a manual transmission, and so it was cool that, you know, and actually, you got to give big props to Honda uh, for you know sticking with the manual. Uh, I got to tell you, I was just driving uh, one of our manuals back home last night, and I was trying to kind of think about why I love driving a manual so much, and I think it's because you just have so much more control over the vehicle, right? The modern cars now basically are going to the point where you're just a passenger, even though you're the driver, quote-unquote, right? Yeah. Whereas with the manual, you know, you're the one in control. You're the one not just telling it how fast to go, how hard to brake, but also when to engage what gear. You can skip gears. You can downshift. Uh, you can use it to brake going down steep grades, right? You can use it to, uh, you know, if you want to get good into a hole in traffic you can quickly downshift and do that it's just it's just really a fun and engaging way it's like man or woman with machine versus machine and you're just kind of there for the ride yeah i think you're right and the accord is a great car too i mean driving dynamic wise it's super engaging super nice to drive and it was even better when you could pair that with a six-speed manual short throws to one of our our very first videographer had an accord manual maybe what seven years ago and it was super, super great. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not coming back for 2021. All right. Uh, if uh, I had to ask you, if you could only buy one car on this list, yep. which one would it be? The Honda Fit. Really? I really like the Fit, and I'm sad it is going away. I would buy the Alpha 4C Spider, but, of course, it's crazy expensive. So let's take that out of maybe one of the reasons people are buying it, two-seater for 70000 bucks. So the one I would definitely buy is a Tour X. I just love the looks of it. Uh, I, I thought it was a really cool station wagon uh, that, uh, you know, uh, is uh, no longer. Yeah, as what? are so many other wagons. Yeah, what's left wagon-wise? Volvo? Volvo's doing a ton of them. Uh, That's all, right? The Renault, B70 and the... No, Mercedes still does the E-Wagon. Yeah, yeah. They do Mercedes the, does an AMG wagon, which is pretty cool. Yeah, the E-Class. Yeah, that's a pretty badass. That'd be the wagon I think I would buy. Does the, BMW still do a wagon? I don't know. I don't think BMW does a wagon. Do you think they got rid of all their wagons? I don't think Cadillac does one anymore. No, the CTSV was my last lustful wagon that, that I actually got to drive and thought to myself, how cool is this? And those things, you know, they sold like 400 of them, uh, and they're super valuable now. I don't I don't think I'm missing any. Are, are there any others that we're missing? I'm sure the comments will tell I mean, us. I mean, look, if you guys are listening to this in Europe, you still get a lot of wagons. If you oh, listen yeah. to it in, in a lot of different places, like, you know, there's, there's a Honda Accord wagon in Europe. We, we just don't get wagons. Oh, um, sport wagon? Sportwagen. Didn't, but oh, that yeah. just died too, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think Passat, that was in our last list. I think that went away too. Oh, uh, you know who still does wagons? Ooh. Audi. Like yeah, the well, old the road. Volks, the, that went away. Yeah, Audi does an A6, yep. right? That's a new wagon. Apparently there's an A6 all-road coming. Did you yeah. see that? That's yeah, cool. soft road, yeah. Yeah, and the uh, A4 all-road. Yep. Yep, so that's still around. Yep. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. So if we've forgotten any, let us know in the comments, uh, Tommy. And as always... Uh, Let's uh, bid a fond and farewell uh, to the 2020 cars that may now rest in peace. Um, sad. Sad but true. Yep. Are there any new cars that are coming that we can talk about? I like to do this list the opposite way. Top. I know. don't know. Maybe that'll be next week's podcast. Yeah. All right. 
Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, if you actually um, are listening to this in places like Apple or Spotify and you want to see pictures of these cars, we have a new YouTube channel called TFL Talk. Another one, yes, another one, uh, where we actually uh, uh, overlay the video uh, that Tommy was doing on top of this one so you can see pictures of these cars. So um, it's not just, you know, talk, but it's also a little bit of visual. So... Check out TFLcar.com for what, Tommy? News, use, and real-world reviews. Thank you for spending another, what, almost 45 minutes with us. See you guys next time. Ciao. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.